Hello, welcome to the Creative Writing Life. I am Justin Sloan. I'm P.T. Hilton. And I am Paul Zeidman. There we go. Welcome to the show. Uh, I hope everybody out there has been enjoying it so far, and I hope you've been able to leave some reviews, uh, click subscribe, and tell everybody you know, because we're going to be having some fun coming up. We have a few guests already starting to get lined up. I go through these phases where I'm like... Uh, just ready to talk and blab and then i go through these phases where i'm like hey everybody come to the show so i started doing that latter phase and inviting people so exciting stay tuned <laughs> it's uh we got a few cool guests that i'm excited to share with you all so in the meantime today we're gonna chat about notes because uh that's always something that we all have to deal with whether it's in critique groups whether you're in a writer's room and you're getting notes or giving notes to somebody on their screenplay uh, we have a lot of ways we can probably chat about that. So before we get into that, um, I watched this week uh, The Irishman. Is that you say The Irishman? The Irishman? Whatever. <laughs> nice. What did you uh, think? Uh, I'm, I'm, everybody's going to hate me because all the film buffs out there are like, oh, it's the best thing in the world. It's so amazing every second of it. But I was just bored the whole time. So. <laughs> <laughs> did, now, did you watch it all in one sitting? Yeah, I don't know, actually. Let me think. <laughs> well, it's, what, three and a half hours long? Right. Oh, yeah, I probably didn't. You know, what I do, though, is I I want movies to be kind of interesting, but not super interesting, so that I can watch them while I'm editing something at the same time. Um, yeah. I feel <laughs> like if, if, Scorsese, if Scorsese heard you say that, he'd punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was kind, of, it kind of worked for that, because it's like... It's like, okay, I like these actors. They're fun to be around, but I just, uh, you know, I don't know. Like this whole idea about the idea that the Marvel movies movies aren't uh, cinema because they have nothing to say or something like that. I'm like, dude, this movie has nothing to say. This is just like, oh, here's some people doing their thing and living their lives and shooting some people. Oh, here's some old, more, more old people, some guns, and they shot somebody. Oh, look, they shot somebody again. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I, I like to see Irishman. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm I, it. It I kind of enjoyed it as well. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not gonna. I my my whole philosophy on that is I'm not I'm not bad if anyone doesn't like what I like or if they do like what I don't like. I don't care. Like what you like. Awesome. What have you been watching? What else? What else have you guys been watching or reading? Uh, actually, because uh, this past weekend was Thanksgiving weekend, so I was pretty busy for us. So uh, let's see. Uh, my brother's family was in town, so all of us, we went to see Knives Out. Loved it. Ooh, nice. Uh, yeah, if, so if you like, you know, smart uh, movies for adults that are also fun, and if you like mysteries and Agatha Christie type stories, you're just, you're going to love it. And I think it's like two hours, ten minutes, but it doesn't really, it doesn't feel long at all. It, it moves really fast. I think Ryan Johnson did a great job because uh, I know um, he kind of ventured into this territory with Brick, which is very similar. And it was just, you know, it's just a great, great, uh, well done story. You know, like was I know, that a book it, first? What's was that? that? Was that a book first? No, it's totally right. He he wrote it himself. It's all original. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think maybe just because it has that Agatha Christie feel, so it feels like you've seen this kind of story before, and, and I guess in essence people have. But for the most part, you know, it's just really smart, and there's a lot of originality to it. And 
all of the actors do a great job. Nobody overplays it. There's no hamming it up. It's, it's, it's a really enjoyable time at the movie. So, I mean, if you get the chance to see it in the theater, I highly recommend that because seeing it with an audience, it makes it that much more effective and more enjoyable. I mean, it's still a great movie at home too, but you know, because it's, it's in the theaters now, I would recommend that. So, and, 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 um, my wife and I've been waiting to see this. We finally got the chance to sit down. We watched uh, Jordan Peele's Us. Uh, I liked it. Didn't like it as much as Get Out, but uh, it was definitely a triggers a conversation after it's over to talk yeah. about not only the story, but also the theme and the messages that you see within. I, 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 he's a fantastic director, and he's he's got great storytelling ability. So that was uh, really enjoyable. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, really disappointed. Uh, it's a movie, I think it's original for Hulu. It's called Little Monsters. It's kind of like a zombie movie from Australia with Lupita Nyong'o as a kindergarten teacher. And the trailer is very misleading. It makes you think it's about her, but it's really about this other guy. And he's just you know one of those total you know, man-child who refuses to grow up and accept responsibility. And there's a lot of predictability through it. You know, as my wife said, after like half an hour, I'm done. I just can't watch this anymore. So I watched the rest on my own the next day. It got slightly better, but not much. So if you want a movie, as, uh, as I've heard, if you've, if you've got laundry to do, <laughs> you're going to be folding laundry. This isn't a bad one to have in the background. Or if you're Those editing, they... like Justin. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Yeah, cool. Have, uh, any more? I uh, yeah I'll, I'll shout out a book um, I'm reading because it's I think it's relevant to the audience. It's called Cops and Writers. It's by Patrick J O'Donnell, and he's a a former um, police officer who he's also a writer. And basically, the the book is a nonfiction book about what it's actually like to be a cop, and it's kind of stuff that that books and movies often get wrong, and kind of walks you through stuff like okay at a murder scene who would actually be there what would they be doing what are their jobs um a lot of a lot of that nitty-gritty kind of stuff that that uh you know whenever i'm trying to write this stuff i have no idea i just make it up <laughs> as i go usually um but uh it's, it's pretty cool like it's a it's um it's kind of a captivating read like i'm reading through the whole thing it, even though it's pretty dryly told it's uh, it's just interesting enough that it's keeping me turning the pages and it uh and I think I'll keep it around as kind of a reference book for, for future projects. Awesome research, yeah. Yeah, maybe we should get him on the podcast too. Yeah, that's what I do with the uh, the Game of Thrones side books. Those are my research things of similar sorts. You know? Nice. <laughs> we'll get George Martin on too. If you guys know him, just give him a call. Uh, Does anybody know a guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, so notes. So, um Somebody wanted to talk about this. I think it was Paul. Do you want to do you want to lead with the? I don't know. Maybe why you wanted to talk about it or any any yeah, stories. I, you have I, I think I can go into it. I mean, every writer goes through this. You know, no matter what draft of your project you're on, that you know you go to readers and I guess for other writers you go to editors that you trust and you want feedback. And the more you do, when you start out, you take the comments a lot more personally that you are more affected if someone says, you know, this isn't very good, you, you know, you take it really to heart, it's almost like a knife to the chest. And then, but the more you do it, and the more writing you do, and the more notes you get, the more you are able to, I guess, deflect it, you know, you become a little more um, protected, I, I'm not sure, bulletproof, whatever, whatever you want to call it. So 
just over the past couple of weeks, uh, I had a script I wrote uh, earlier this year. Um, I got some feedback on it from contests, and I was really, you know, I had no idea if the script was good. Some of my friends said, yeah, it's okay. It's not your best work. And, that, you know, I was fine with that. So the contest people, you know, they didn't hate it. But, you know, they said, you know, it's good, and it, which was more better than I was expecting. And they made some comments that I thought, you know, were really helpful that when I eventually get to get to the rewrite, that it will make uh, quite a difference. And then I also got some notes from friends of mine. And one said, you know, this just why did you even bother type of thing? <laughs> so, you know, I, I think the, the, the subject really is like, how do you deal with notes, especially when they're not what you're expecting? Or that, you know, they're a little more harsh than you were expecting. I mean, I just, you know, kind of went through my experience that I've just learned to um, uh, become immune to it. That, you know, I, I read the note for what is actually saying rather than how could they, you know, how could they deny my genius? That sort of thing. So as writers of both scripts and of books, so how do you guys handle those kind of notes? Right. Yeah. Actually, this... Uh good note uh this ties into stefan's chapter in the uh creative writing life book that kind of spun off the title for this podcast and uh he his point is receive notes you hate in a maximum zen-like state and then he talks about how if a person is bothering to give you notes at all that means they bothered to read your project your they might like your work or or feel more passionate about the work than they feel about you to begin with which is why they're giving you harsh notes uh, <laughs> but the, the point is that like they put in the time and uh 90% of the people have, have, you know, devoted their spirit and their time to actually do it. So to, to just take it as, as what it is. I've, I've dealt with this a lot where people give me these notes and um, they're just way off base. Or like there's one guy in particular that I can think of who just never seems to understand anything but has very strong opinions about everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and what I try to just do with this guy is just say thank you, uh, uh, you know, tell him I appreciate his notes. Um, I try to see if there's anything I can read into the notes. Like if he's going off on tangents related to something and I have no idea what he's saying, you know, like I wrote the color orange and he just keeps going off about uh, apples that have nothing to do with <laughs> colors or anything. I'm like, okay, but clearly there's still something with that part that he's focusing on. So my, my first thing I do is I step off because I'll, I'm probably offended for like a day or two. <laughs> and then I think, okay, uh, what about this passage is a little bit off or a little bit weird and why might it be throwing him off? Uh, it's great if you have people you can call on to be like, hey, can you read this real quick and see if it's throwing you for a loop or anything in any way and then maybe show them that note after the fact to see if it rings anything for them, rings true in any way. Uh, and and if, if it doesn't, then maybe it's fine and the person's just confused, but maybe you can look at it later after the fact and find something that's confusing or you could see how it might be misleading or something like that. Anyway, just just some random thoughts there on that part of it. Nice. I think I uh, I owe my entire writing career to a set of bad notes that I got and uh, uh, from a friend of mine. I don't think he's listening, but if so, uh, hi, Jared. Your notes really helped. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, this was for before I published anything. It was my book, Regulation 19, which I, when I wrote it, I was like, I was like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm very rarely confident about my stuff. But that one, I was like, I think this is pretty good. Like, if I read this book, I would like it. Uh, and and I, I gave it to him to read, and he made it about fifty pages in. And and uh, first of all, like the con the concept of the book is like a is like a weird town where everything's strange, and you know the main character's trying to figure it out. And like all those weird little things, he would like make a note and be like, "No, this isn't really how real life works." And 
like yeah that's the point but um but then about 50 pages in he like just wrote me this long note that was like there's like this is this is trash i can't continue you need to delete this and start over and then like i I just can't read any more of this or whatever and uh, it pissed me off so much that i was like you know what screw it i'm gonna get this thing edited and and polish it up and publish it and i did and (laughs) it was my first book and people liked it i was right so um I, I don't know that there's a big takeaway there, but in your face. Well, we, I think that's a good point. Is like that that notes are subjective, but they they also can be helpful and uh, like that pushed you to that point. I had um, some early notes where I was also trying to learn how to write, and I hadn't officially studied it or anything yet. And like one of my buddies tried to read and did a similar thing, where he's just like, "Well, now here's my whole spiel about my creative writing class and what I learned." and so I'm like, well, this guy's just reciting his creative writing class. And the takeaway from that is I have a lot to learn probably, <laughs> even if I don't agree with whatever he's saying or I feel like he's just wasting my time, <laughs> you know. And then um, going through uh, Johns Hopkins later, one of the big takeaways from one of my instructors there, uh, he would go through and uh, was working on one of my stories with me that ended up being my uh, thesis piece. And one, one thing he had me do early on was – go through and do like this whole timeline of the character, the main characters and what happened in their early life before the book took place and what led up to certain key events in the book and then how that plays through in the book. And that was super helpful. And then he had me start over from scratch on writing the book, you know, because it totally changes how you're going to look at it. And as painful as that is, you know, so many writers just want to get, you know, word counts down or bust out the pages or whatever. Uh, It really makes us better writers and looking at other people's, opinions and feedback and all that stuff uh it's very valuable okay so so here's a question for both of you so okay we talked about being on the receiving end now i'm sure you guys have been asked by your writing colleagues hey you know if you have the chance can you read this and you read you start reading and for a script as you guys probably know on the first page you can usually tell if the writer knows what they're doing and so the more you work your way through that their craft is either evident on the page or they have no idea what they're doing. And I've seen all of it. I've seen the whole spectrum. And so when you have to, and they say, you know, would you read this and give notes? And you have to, I I just can't bring myself to say, you know, this is garbage. Why are you even wasting your time? (laughs) You know, hopefully there's, as Justin said, you know, maybe there's the seed of uh, positivity in there somewhere. You know, you can say, as, as is usually the case with the, the scripts that I've read, you know, this is a good idea, but you really need to work on, you know, formatting. You really need to work on how the story progresses. I mean, I'm not really sure who the main character is supposed to be or, you know, what's the main question of the story. Sometimes the, the script just rambles on for pages and pages and you're like, but well, wait, what is supposed to be going on? So when I give notes, I Sometimes I'm honest, but I try not to be mean about it because, you know, nobody wants to, you know, they don't want to have their dreams stomped on. The they, script may deserve it, but you don't want to actually do that. So have you had that kind of situation? I mean, is there one in particular or any in your uh, past of uh, being the giver of notes? Yeah, I think I think for me, um, what what I've learned in those kind of scenarios, and that's always tough, like, the, the temptations are either to just be like, kind of throw your hands up and either be like, uh, you know, it wasn't for me and not give a specific notes or be like, yeah, it's fine just because you don't want to get into it. Um, but obviously neither of those are helpful at all. And the other thing that you don't really want to do, I don't think is like 
give them a laundry list of here's the 18 million things that are wrong with it because that's just overwhelming and that's not going to help anyone. So I think the best thing to do in that situation or what I try to do at least is find like three key things that I can really kind of focus on and give them a few examples of, of, uh, of what that, how that problem kind of shows itself throughout the work and give them just a few things to work on. Uh, and then, you know, they'll hopefully get better at those things and you can, uh, you know, approve on the other stuff next time. But if you, the more specific you can be and the more you can focus in on a few, few key issues rather than, you know, giving them a laundry list. Yeah, that makes really good sense because uh, sometimes I'll give a note and I'll send, you know, the compilation of all the notes I came up with for that script. And I'm always concerned about coming across as too harsh, but, you know, I'm not trying to write it that way. And I'd say nine times out of ten, almost usually nine and a half, maybe even ten times out of ten, the person will write back and they're, they're so appreciative of everything I said and they, I've never had anyone say, you know, well, you just don't understand my genius because, you know, which, which I have seen before too. Uh, but people are very, they, pe- people want to get notes on their work. If they want, if they just want you to read it and say, it's the best thing I've ever read, you know, they're, you're doing both of you a disservice. So if you're able to give notes, and to be honest but critical, and all, but also you know supportive to a certain extent, I think that's you know, re- really a win-win for both sides. Yeah, for sure. I've um, on the book side, I've had this too, where it's uh, you read a book and you you can see where they're what they're trying to accomplish, but uh, you can see where like notes like what I was talking about with the instructor who had me start over uh, or probably the good note is to just tell them to start over but they're going to be totally offended and discouraged and maybe give up if you do that uh, and I've seen a couple of writers give up who've been like targeted you know by both the bullies and the author community and stuff and it's it's sad to watch that because you know each of us have gone through that stage of this is my dream am I going to really keep fulfilling or keep pursuing this dream uh, to think like what would have happened if we had stopped years ago, that, that's sad. Mm-hmm. So we don't want that for sure. Um, yeah, what I try to do is I try to look at what they're trying to accomplish. Are they trying to go traditional with this book? You know, by that I mean go like to the traditional publishers, especially the big ones, not the indie or the small press ones. Uh, are they trying to go self-publishing with these? And a lot of the times like the tone and how they approach it uh, can be quite different based off of that. And you can tell if it's going to succeed or not. So I try to be honest, like I, I try to say, uh, you know, like the same kind of thing as you guys said, as far as like not going too much into the crazy, like here's what sucks, but just kind of give them a, a good standard of where is now as far as if you publish this now, here's how I think it will be received versus mm-hmm. it's a bad story or a good story or, you know, not well developed. Uh, more what the audience expectations are so that they can choose whether they want to put it out in the world anyway and some authors do this you know they're like well i'm gonna throw it out there anyway and see if it succeeds or not on my own and learn my own lessons and that's okay <laughs> usually they learn that lesson and then they say okay now i learned the lesson you told me now i'm gonna write another one um <laughs> which kind of sucks but uh you know it, it's it's good to have these notes from people because i got these from uh at one point one of these authors that I uh, was in good friends with would give me this harsh criticism. And at times it would suck, but at the same time, it made me be able to finally get to that point where I was a full-time author. 
So you need to be, as a, as a receiver of notes, happy to be able to get those. And as a giver of notes, know that you're really helping the person. Um, I wanted to go through these quick points that Stefan wrote out here, too, because I like it. Uh, so he says, like, for giving general notes, he likes to give his overall feeling of the piece. Uh, then what he thinks the theme is, the kind of plot, uh, his overall feeling about the main character, what he thinks the main character's arc is, whether it's working or not working, or what's working, what's not working. Uh, major moments of confusion, if any. Uh, let's see any areas of confusion that run throughout the whole script uh, any major moments of boredom uh, any major any boring elements that run through the whole script <laughs> so stuff like that like just these kind of like high level notes like that that are uh, you know whether it's something that's not working throughout or if there's just any main specific points you can call out if you're going to get more detailed in the notes I think those are some good generic ones or general high level notes that you can give yeah that's uh, that makes a lot of sense yeah for sure yeah, the thing if, of theme. A lot of us don't really worry about theme, right? Like, so it's kind of interesting to to focus on that because it'll make a lot of authors realize, oh, I didn't think about that to begin with, and here's how I could better shape and improve my story. Sure. And and uh, something else to think about, especially you know, I see this on so many, I guess you'd call them uh, bulletin boards, community message boards, that someone will say something like, hey, I have this great, you know, Batman script. And all I need is to get it in front of Warner Brothers, and <laughs> yeah. you know, the, I you know, <laughs> I I tr- I have even I've been the person like saying this to people like that you can't do that <laughs> that you know you may you know yes you're a great you're a big Batman fan but you know Warner Brothers is not going to look at this and this person can be so insistent like well they just have to read it I just need to make the connection with the right people and I'm thinking you really don't know how this works you just can't walk in off the street and say hey I've got this script that I really like and you know my mom really likes it too so you know therefore you should make this into your you know next billion dollar project <laughs> and I myself and other more experienced writers would, you know, tell this person and people of that nature, like, you know, you can't do that. You know, yes, you can write your fan fiction, but don't expect the people who are in charge of that property to be interested in all. They'd be more more likely they're going to, you know, just reject it outright, or you know, they might even send you a cease and desist if you try and you know pursue it to a certain extent. So there, you know, you want to be encouraging. But you also don't want people to be delusional about their expectations. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes that happens despite the best of your intentions and you trying to do your best to open their eyes to the realities of how this works. But, you know, you can only do so much. Yeah, for sure. What happened with that one movie, um, the one about Mary Poppins, Maker? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, oh, uh, I, just, I just heard about this movie. Saving Mr. Banks. Saving Mr. Banks, yeah. Yeah, that one, right? That was a spec, right? Where the the screenwriter wrote it and was hoping that it would get made, but she she was kind of already established, I think, too. Yeah, I don't, so, I don't think she I don't think she was a to, a total outsider. I th- I thought she had some kind of in with Disney or like you know she knew people or she was already a rep screenwriter. Yeah, but still, she wrote it, I believe, where there was no like guarantee that it would get bought or anything by them. So it was kind of like a a one off where if if it didn't get if they looked at it and didn't like it, they'd be like, well, sorry, you can't ever use this and we're not going to buy it. But at the same time, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, <laughs> but at, at the same time, um, yeah, she, she at least had the ends to where she could shake some hands and be like, Hey, check this out. Exactly. So, exactly. Different situations, but still that's even then I was listening to some podcasts where they were talking, I think they were interviewing her and, um, 
and that's the thing. Like it was still kind of a gamble. Like you're still playing, you know, you're kind of being dumb to do that at the same time. Uh, if, if it works, Hey, that's awesome. It's, it's not like she was just writing a Batman script and trying to hand that off to the Batman people. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. And in fact, uh, a friend of mine who, you know, he's, he's a much more established screenwriter. He said like, you know, the people at Marvel, they even, they have like one or two people on staff. That is their job to like monitor mail and email just for people sending in like, Hey, I've got a great Spider-Man script. And you know, their job is just to, you know, delete it right away because, you know, this writer doesn't understand. You can't just say, "Hey, I wrote a, a fun Spider-Man script. I think it'll be great for you guys to produce this." They're not. They're not going to look at it. So, yeah. I mean, that that's the sad reality. You you you've got already established writers who are doing projects for them. They're not going to come to this person who's you know nobody's ever heard of and has never written a script before just because you know I they like Spider-Man. Yeah. The opposite side of that, though, is uh, say you just want to really write that because whatever you need to get out of your system. I've done a lot of books or screenplays like that where I just mm-hmm. uh, like, yeah, I know nobody's going to buy it, but I'm going to write it because it's yeah. something I need to tell. And sure. uh, and then how that can come into adva- your advantage. For example, um, my work at Telltale, where uh, you might have heard the story, where, or I might have told it here, where I started writing books to begin with because I loved the Game of Thrones books. And that got me into screenwriting and everything else. And then Full story, you know, full circle. I ended up working at Game of, on Game of Thrones, the, the video game at Telltale. And so if if you have like a Batman script that you wrote, and then down the road you're in an interview position for any kind of superhero thing, you have that and you show that to them, they're gonna be like, oh, not only is this person passionate about superheroes, but here's a good sample to see if they can actually pick up somebody else's story and follow through with it. It's probably not gonna get made. It's probably not gonna get made as a Batman script, especially, but it's it's a it's a calling card. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's nothing there's nothing stopping you from writing something that you love, but, you know, be realistic about what you can actually do with it. Yeah. How about this note that a lot of people do? So this is tying back into uh, writing groups, especially where I've seen this one come through, where people start trying to rewrite your story for you. You know, like um, they're like, OK, this scene right here doesn't make any sense. You should be doing this instead. And they start just telling you, you know, <laughs> something that's not what you're trying to do at all. Um I've always found that pretty humorous and annoying. <laughs> I, yeah. I find it a lot more annoying. I've gotten that uh, note from a couple of contests uh, because the person wrote back, you know, they had some generic comments about the script and they said, this would have been a much more effective story if, you know, it had been more about this. And I'm thinking, well, that's how you would have written it. You know, this, you're <laughs> supposed to be being subjective and objective about my script. Don't tell me like, well, you know, this is okay, but this is how, this is how I would have done it. I don't care how you would have done it because that's not why I entered the contest. Yeah, right. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. That uh, I think it's a Neil Gaiman quote where he said, he said, uh, you know, when someone tells you that something isn't working, they're usually right, and when they tell you how to fix it, they're usually wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's one of those situations where you could take the note that okay, something about this scene or about this isn't working. Uh, I'm not going to listen to anything they say right now, <laughs> but take that note and realize that there could be something not working in a scene or sometimes it's not that scene exactly, but it's a setup. So maybe the scene works great, but you need to go back earlier in your story and set it up better or, you know, plan something better. And another note, I've, I've seen this, I, I've heard this many times over the years. So if you sent your material out to 10 people and one person makes a particular comment about one item you know, that is something you don't have to uh, heed it that much. But if two or more say the same thing, then you definitely need to take another look at that note and what it's about. Because if 
that many people have the same comment, then there's got to be something to it. Yeah, makes sense. Even if they're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> have or you, uh, are they? Have you, Justin, had any, I'm sure you probably have, but have had experiences like with Telltale or whatever where you, you're getting notes that you disagree with, but you got to do them because they're uh, from the bosses, basically? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, there was like a whole arc where um, there was an episode of the Minecraft stuff where, uh, so originally they had, it was, so this one worked out well, actually. Like they had told us what to write, you know, like we came to them and said, we want to do this. They said, okay, do this instead. And so we we're like, okay. Uh, and, and it totally was, um, what was, I'm trying to think of what it was exactly. I, I can't quite remember. Oh, they wanted like Sean, uh, night of the dead, Sean of the living dead, whatever type stuff they wanted like that. And then we tried to approach it. Uh, and then I ended up just working in this little angle where part of the story was a murder mystery and brought that to the room. And what was cool about that is that wasn't part of what they had told me to do, but they ended up liking that more. <laughs> so that was cool. So that was a good scenario of that. But then there was a later scenario where we had um, the same story and it got to the end point of it. And then the whole last third of it, they were like, okay, that's cool, but let's do this whole thing instead. And then that version of it, yeah, I totally wasn't on board with. But um, I, yeah, in those situations, you kind of going back to the first scenario, you kind of just have to find a way that works. So if, if you're not liking what they're telling you, that's fine. Still try to do your best job, but see if there's something you can get in there that works and this is similar to writing for yourself right like right now i'm working on a story where i'm trying to write this whole action scene and a lot of times this happens with me where i get to an action scene and i'm like oh my god i don't want to write this this is boring well probably the reason it's boring is you just haven't figured out uh what to do to make it interesting yet <laughs> same thing with those notes if whatever they're telling you sucks that might be fine but maybe it doesn't really suck it just doesn't have that magical something yet and uh it's similar whenever I pitch stories to my buddy Kyle. It's always in my like early idea stage, but he doesn't think that way. His his mind when he thinks about stories is much more about like the theme and all these other things that I haven't figured out at the early stage. So it's like that same idea where what I'm pitching to him is the the early stage without that magical something into it because I'm just trying to come up with the ideas. Uh, same thing with like going backwards on that. If somebody's giving you these notes that it's like this is what it has to be okay cool sit down and figure out what the magical something about that is to make it personal to you nice yeah i think i think it's important to like re realize if um if you're trying to be a screenwriter or trying to get uh traditionally published uh with your books or a video game writer you know like taking taking notes is going to be part of your job if you're successful so uh get get practicing on it now yeah good note good note to go out on anything else to add on that guys paul no, I think uh, we covered some good territory today. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, then I will say thank you, everybody. If you want to follow up on that, like I mentioned, uh, Stefan Bagai wrote some good uh, material on note-taking and note-giving and all this stuff and uh, in the book Creative Writing Life. And he was a guy at Pixar for a while, creative director at Telltale, and now works as a producer in Hollywood and has helped PT and I, helped PT and me, yeah, PT and me sell some stuff. So uh, pretty cool. Um I'm still waking up and I'm sick. Excuse me for my horrible <laughs> grammar. <laughs> uh, thing I've written uh, also on Amazon. Just head over and search for Justin Sloan. Uh, and uh, oh yeah, before we do our outros, uh, don't forget to subscribe and leave reviews on the podcast, please. Cool. And I am PT Hilton once again. You can find my stuff on Amazon, or you can follow me at PT Hilton on Twitter. That's Hilton with a Y. 
And I am Paul Zeidman. You can follow me on Twitter at Maximum underscore Z. And uh, feel free to check out and even subscribe to my screenwriting blog, MaximumZ.blog. Awesome. Thank you. All right, everybody have a good week and go write something. <laughs>